Welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. It is Tuesday, April the 27th. April's almost over. You know what that means? It's time for the NFL Draft. This week, KD is back. AD is back. But who's your favorite to win it all? The NFL Draft, like I said, is back this Thursday. Where will the five quarterbacks go? But first, we got to, got to, got to talk about UFC 261, probably the best card in over a year with a packed stadium. So we got some stuff to cover this week. So sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, we're going to start right here in UFC 261. What a phenomenal, it was had to be probably the best card in over a year. As of this is the first UFC matchup, the first pay-per-view to have full capacity over there in Florida. So it was great. It was great. It was so many things that you're going to remember, take away from it. Of course, the Nigerian Nightmare victory over Masvidal who was talking mad trash but before we even go there the match between Uriah Hall and Chris Weidman the ex-champion Chris Weidman it was the fastest victory with no punch landed by Uriah Hall when Chris Weidman did that sweeping kick within 17 seconds of the match shattering shattering his, his tibia can't believe it it was uh ugh, gruesome to watch if you saw he did that kick one kick and the whole leg turned into like gelatin the whole leg like it was like prosthetic prosthetic limb and then he stepped back on it i was just like it, when he stepped back on it that's what grossed me out i'm like ooh, i felt like it was gonna poke through the skin i was like Ugh. it was gut-wrenching it was something that was very very scary to see okay back to the main event the co-main event we'll get to the other one in a moment in the main event we had in 261 we delivered in a dramatic understatement the first event with fans back like i said in attendance gave the audience moment after moment of high flying action in jacksonville with three title fights all ending within two rounds with uzman who retained his welterweight title with the dramatic knockout of jorge masvidal in the main event uzman is now on his eight Team fight winning streak and has yet to be beat inside the UFC octagon. Before we had Masvidal talking, saying he doesn't hit as hard as you think. He's, you know, he's not that hard. You know, I was on six days notice trying to cut weight and he didn't even take me out. If a guy can punch, he would have took me out. I'm that guy. I'm going to take him out. I'm, and he was upset that when um, Usman kept calling him George and wouldn't give him the honor and respect to call him Jorge. And he was very upset about that. He says, that's disrespect. My parents gave me that name. You know, my parents are immigrants. And I'm going to cut his face up. I'm going to beat him up. I'm going to knock him out. I'm going to beat him down. And when Usman was setting him up the whole time, he took him down early in the first round, pounding him a little bit. But then... You can see that Masvidal wasn't respecting his power. And I don't know how. You see him knocking dudes out left and right. And he can wrestle. So he was setting him up, setting him up. Kept doing the little feint. He faked the left and cracked him with the right. Head whipping from side to side, sweat flying through the air. And he completely collapsed. And he tried to try to move. And then Usman just kept pounding him and pounding until they could pull him off. And he went, 
man, the place went crazy. Place went crazy. Usman retains, and at the end, Masvidal gave him his respect. Who knows? They're talking about maybe uh, uh, Diaz uh, fighting Masvidal next, as Diaz and Masvidal both know what it feels like to lose to Usman. Elsewhere, where Rose Namahunas reclaimed her seat as the top straw weight on the planet with the thudding first round knockout of Welly Zhang in the co-main event. Now, Namahunas landed a flush head kick to Zhang that sent former champ straight to the mat and ended a 21-fight win streak. Plus, and Valentina Shevchenko once again asserted her dominance with the TKO over Jessica Andrade. Now, back to Namahunas. That kick was something to see. That right kick right to the temple. The champ went down quick, just collapsed. And remember, she was fighting for, um, you know, back on communism. She was attacking communism because her parents had to deal with communism and the, the champion was from a communist country. I'm just like, okay, whatever you need to pump yourself up, you go ahead and do that, okay? And that's what happened on UFC 261. I don't think anything's going to top it this year. It was something to behold and something to see. Now, later this week, we will have the NFL Draft. NFL Draft will have five quarterbacks who, who are projected to go in the first round. We haven't had that happen to, since 2018, I believe, where you had um, Baker Mayfield and all the like, and then you have the what's the quarterback over in, in for the Buffalo Bills. You have all these different great quarterbacks come through, right? And the last one taken was actually Lamar Jackson. Oh, yes, we had Rosen. We had Rosen who went to Arizona. A lot of them turned out to be busts, except for the one over in Buffalo. Majority of those, you, I believe you have the one for the Jets as well, um, Sam Darnold. All those guys were in that draft. And it seems like all of them were busts, <laughs> except for uh, Josh Allen and, and Buffalo. The rest of the guys haven't proven to do anything. And a lot of those teams are back in it again, aside from San Francisco, who thought they had something with... Um, what Jimmy Garoppolo, as they like to call him, or they like to say porn star Jimmy or whatever, Jimmy G. But either way, um, they're, everyone's moving on from Jimmy G, who always seems to be hurt. And he doesn't seem to be good enough to get you over the top. So you have the football players like Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, um, where teams are not sure between Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. They're not sure if that's the one. We all know Trevor Lawrence is going first to Jacksonville. That's a given. He's like Sunshine from, from Remember the Titans. If you don't remember, go back and watch that movie. That's Sunshine. Hey, Sunshine. That's what Trevor Lawrence reminds me of. And he's definitely going to Jacksonville. It's kind of like when Andrew Luck was coming out. You could not pass on him. You don't, don't be too smart. Don't be cute. Get Trevor Lawrence. And I'm sure that's where he's going with Urban Meyer. Now, with the next few picks, it's projected that quarterbacks would go in the first three picks, which is pretty crazy. But it's pretty skittish because the Niners don't know exactly who they want at the moment. Last time I checked, we'll see what happens later this week. Now, when it comes down to Justin Field and Trey Lance, now Trey Lance has a good report. They say he has a high IQ, um, not as mobile as most, um, how do I say this, more melanated quarterbacks. He's not the traditional black quarterback, -ish, if, if you will. But um, so he has, so they, they want to give him, oh, he has, he's a, has a high IQ, but he's not pegged to go too high. He's looking to go probably in the, in the top 20. But Justin Fields is one that jumps out to me. How all of a sudden did Mac Jones and Zach Wilson seen the leapfrog Justin Fields, who had a phenomenal college career? And once again, we're back to the same old things that they use to try to degrade 
quarterbacks. There's only one white quarterback I can think of in the last 20 years that got this similar kind of treatment, and that was one AAAA Ron Rodgers, who dropped. We just spoke about it from last week where Alex Smith retired. He was the first quarterback taken in a draft. The second one was Aaron Rodgers as the 21st pick, who everyone knew should have been a top three pick easily. Even if you didn't need a quarterback, you should have got Aaron Rodgers. It's not like Green Bay needed one at that moment in time. They had Brett Favre, all-time great. We've spoken Brett Favre already. <laughs> but my point is, Justin Fields should be considered the second-best quarterback in the draft. But for some reason, he's not. And they bring up all these different things. I think these things only really tend to come up when it's a black quarterback. And they peg him as someone who's poor work ethic and all these other different stigmas and they i think these guys are putting it out there because their own prejudices they know they can prey on it and they want the player to fall to them i don't believe that any of these guys actually believe the rhetoric they're putting out but they know that other players other teams other organizations might not or might be hesitant of picking them up if the niners are smart since they say they're unsure who they want between mac jones and zach wilson they actually said they wanted mac jones but now they're uncertain I say get Justin Fields. They say Trey Lance may fall down to New England. That's a great fit. Justin Fields would be better, but I doubt he falls that far. Niners, don't be cute. Get Justin Fields. Go by the tape. Go with what you know. Get Justin Fields. It's like getting Kaepernick all over again. Get Justin Fields. Moving on to baseball. Just real quick, my Dodgers are taking a skid, but right across town, the Angels got them another star. They... they I mean, they have all these great players. My goodness, like Mike Trout. You never hear about him. He's supposed to be the best player in baseball. My goodness, but they don't seem to win. Got to figure it out. They're right there in Anaheim, right around the, right down the street from the Dodgers. Let's just say down the street. It's like a 15-minute drive, but still, the Dodgers are still the heart of the town. But guess who they have over in the Angels? And Shohei Atani. Shohei Atani became the first pitcher to start a game while leading the league in home runs. It's the first time since 1921 by Babe Ruth. That is remarkable. He is a throwback from the early era of baseball where you have a pitcher who's actually someone you have to respect on the mound. When was the last time that you have to respect all nine in, in, a, in a division or a conference that does not have a DH? That's amazing that in the American League, you could go nine deep. You better be the best team in baseball because it's phenomenal to see Shohei Atani do what he does. Okay, so right now we're gonna take a little short break. When we come back, we're gonna tackle into the NBA. We're gonna talk about a few rumors I've heard. And of course, we have the return of KD and AD. This is The Time Is Now. This show is brought to you by Pure Diamond Auto. With Pure Diamond Auto, they take the dirt out of the car business and make it pure. Pure Diamond Auto has a team of former finance and sales managers who can guide you through all the tricks of the trade. Go to www.purediamondautola.com today and use promo code TIME for a free consultation. That's promo code TIME. That's purediamondautola.com. 
what can I say? I love PDA. You know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday. So let's go. We got Andre Agassi turning 51 and George Gervin turning 69 and The Rock Dwayne Johnson turning 49. Isaiah Zeke Thomas turning 60 and Lizzo turning 33 and rapper Lloyd Banks turning 39 and Pandemic P himself, Paul George turning 31 and MLB World Series superhero Corey Seager turning 27 and David Beckham Jr. turning 46 and Jamal Silk Wilkes turning 68 Jessica Alba turning 40 and Utah Jazz sensation Jeff Hornacek turning 58 and Penelope Cruz turning 47 and Dane Dash turning 50 and Jerry Seinfeld turning 67 and Jay Leno turning 71 Willie Nelson turning 88 and the Property Bros John and Drew Scott turning 43 and the controversial Candace Owens turning 32 and too short, what's my favorite word? Turning 55. And Master P turning 51. And WWE star Titus O'Neil turning 44. And Michelle Pfeiffer turning 63. And Travis Scott turning 29. Tim McGraw turning 54. And Wonder Woman herself, Gal Gadot turning 36. And Funny Man Kev on stage turning 38. And Kristen Dunst turning 39. And DC Young Fly turning 29. And Mariah Carey and Nick Cannon's daughter, Monroe Cannon turning 10. And Panda, 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 designer turning 24. And we have some honorable mentions. The big boss man from the WWF passed away in 2004, would have been 58 this week, so young. And Dale Earnhardt Sr., who passed away from that fatal crash in 2001, would have been 70 this week. And boxing Hall of Famer great Sugar Ray Robinson passed away in 1989, would have been 100 this week. And number one soul man himself, the godfather of funk, James Brown, who passed away in 2006, would have been 88 this week. And the father of jazz, as I like to call him, Duke Ellington, passed away in 1979 would have been 122 this week. And the wife of the great Martin Luther King Jr., who was a civil rights activist in her own right, Coretta Scott King, passed away in 2006, would have been 94 this week. And finally, Gianna Bryant, Gianna Gigi Bryant, who passed away January 26, 2020 in that fatal helicopter crash with their father, Kobe Bean Bryant, and several others, would have been 15 this week, sending a prayer out to her mother, Vanessa Bryant, and all of her sisters. May God be with them this week. We never know what we lost in the great Gianna Bryant so soon, so soon. So that's all of our birthdays this week. Now, back to our show. Welcome back in the NBA, week 18 in the NBA. Let's go ahead and give you my top picks. The games to watch every week, we're going to go over those and let you know who I think is going to win. But more importantly, the games to look out for, the games that you should watch. Now, last week, Tuesday, we had the Clippers versus Portland. 
I had the Clippers winning, and I was right. The Clippers were surging high, surging high, trying to get up in the standings. Next, Brooklyn versus New Orleans. I picked Brooklyn, and I was right. Wednesday, Memphis versus the Clippers. I thought Memphis could beat the Clippers at home. Memphis is trying to hold on and get into the playoffs, and they want to get out of the play-in games. I chose Memphis, and I was wrong. Next, Phoenix versus Philly. I chose Philly at home. I know Phoenix is doing big things. One of the best, if not the best, road teams in the league. And I chose Philly anyway, and I was wrong. Next, Golden State versus D.C. They went on a big run last week. I don't know if you remember. D.C. was doing big things. Golden State couldn't take the pressure over there in Chocolate City. I picked Golden State, and I was wrong. Next, Atlanta versus New York Knicks. Once again, New York was the other hottest team of the week. Of course, New York handled business at home, being the, one of the top defensive teams against Atlanta Hawks, who were playing very well. They're right there, fourth and fifth in the East Coast. I picked New York, and I was right. Next, Denver versus Portland. Portland lost at home to Denver. Denver's doing really well without Spider Mitchell. We got to take a look at that further as it goes forward. I was wrong. Thursday, Lakers versus Dallas. I knew this was the game AD was going to come back. I assumed the Lakers were going to win that game, but AD played like trash and Lakers lost, and I was wrong. Next, Phoenix versus Boston. Phoenix is great on the road, but for some reason, they lost to Boston. Phoenix lost, and I was wrong. Next, Philly versus Milwaukee. I knew Milwaukee was starting to surge. They're picking it up like I said they would. Boot and Hoses got everything figured out. Milwaukee won at home, and I was right. Next, Friday, 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 Miami versus Atlanta. I called Atlanta at home versus Miami. Miami's playing a little skittish. Atlanta won. I was right. Next, Boston versus Brooklyn. I called Brooklyn at home, and I was right. Next. Denver versus Golden State. I called Golden State at home, and I was right. Next, Memphis versus Portland at home. I was wrong. Memphis won on the road. That's an interesting matchup with John Morant and Dame Dolly. Keep out for that matchup. I was wrong there. Now, Saturday. Saturday, Lakers versus Dallas to finish off that little short series. Dallas went ahead and swept them. I caught the Lakers sweeping them. It was reversed. I was wrong. But AD did play a little bit better. Look out for that. Next. Saturday, Philly versus Milwaukee. Milwaukee at home. I thought Philly was going to rebound. I don't think they're going to lose too many games throughout that week. But Milwaukee, like I said, is showing up the right stuff. Philly did not win. Milwaukee won in a blowout by 38. And I was wrong. Saturday, next, San Antonio versus New Orleans. I called New Orleans at home, and I was wrong. Sunday, Phoenix versus Brooklyn. I thought Phoenix would be Brooklyn on the road. It was a stretch. It was not that far off of a game. It was not far. I could have won it. I said Phoenix was going to win, and I was wrong. Next, Milwaukee versus Atlanta. Milwaukee versus Atlanta. I could have sworn Milwaukee was going to be Atlanta. They were beating them until the fourth quarter, where Atlanta put up a 41-burger at home in the fourth quarter to overtake Milwaukee in the fourth quarter. I called Milwaukee on the road in Atlanta, and I was wrong. Wrapping up, Monday, Clippers versus New Orleans in in LA, I had the Lake, I had the Clippers winning, and I was wrong. I can't keep betting on the Clippers. They keep setting me setting me up, making me lose. Now, Phoenix versus New York. New York's streak finally ended. I called Phoenix on the road, and I was right. Finally, Chicago in Miami. Chicago's fighting to get back in the playoff picture. Right now, they're the 11th seed. They're trying to take it from D.C. I call Chicago, and Miami's just getting, and I was right. Now, let's go back and wrap it up and look what I did last week. This was the most selections. This was 22 games to watch, the biggest week we had so far. I only got nine right and 13 wrong. Good Lord, I'm despicable. I hope you have fun watching those games. Now, 
We're going to talk about this week. Before we get into this week, we're going to talk about the standings. And the standings now, as they show right now in the East, Brooklyn 1, Philadelphia 2, and Milwaukee is third, comfortably at three. New York Knicks are tied with Atlanta Hawks in the fourth and fifth position. New York obviously holds the tiebreaker. They're seven and a half back. They're four games out of third, so they're comfortably there as there's only another three to four weeks left in the season. Boston is in the position to be out of the playing game, holding it really narrowly by Miami. Boston is in the sixth spot. Miami's in the seventh spot, only a half game out of six. Charlotte is comfortably in the eighth spot, a game up of Indiana. And those Wizards who went on a nice surge last week are now a game above Chicago for that final, final playing spot. And hey, Toronto's right there with Chicago. They have identical identical records the cleveland detroit orlando are not officially out of it yet but mathematically but we all know they're completely out of it so to see how that plans out uh, everyone's kind of took a loss there's no big winning streaks right now charlotte's doing well one winning two in a row and they're expecting mellow ball back look for them to probably push up to, to challenge for that sixth spot to get out of the playing game i can see charlotte easily easily doing that now to the west coast Utah Jazz, Utah Jazz, even though they're on a two-game losing streak, they're still the first team to clinch <laughs> the playoff spot. Utah is just that much better than the rest of the league. Utah, number one. Phoenix, number two, only a game behind. And the Clippers, number number three, only two games behind. So that one through three is not locked up. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Fourth, Denver's in fourth. Four games behind. They're snug there because they're four games up on the Lakers. And I don't see them taking that over. The, the Nuggets pretty much will have to virtually lose out and the Lakers have to virtually win out for them to take that spot. It's not going to happen four games. I don't see it happen. The Lakers are going to end up in the fifth spot because they're two and a half games up of Dallas. And that's for the sixth spot. Now with the play-in seeds, Portland seven with one game out from six. Memphis eight with two games out from six. San Antonio's ninth also with two games out from six and go to state 10th. And they are two and a half games out from six. So all these guys are in contention to be out of the playing game. New Orleans are far out. They're four games out of the 10th spot. I don't see them recovering. I feel like these guys are pretty much done, which is sad for Zion not to make the playoffs. That's going to cost the league a lot of money. In the Western Conference, which is funny, in the Eastern Conference, people are still mathematically in it. Minnesota and Houston have already been eliminated from playoff contention. My goodness as the thunder have been sliding losing 14 games in a row they really jockeying for position from houston and minnesota for that top overall pick mm -hmm. we know what's going on here portland trailblazers also in a five game skid not the not the best time to start losing games mm -mm -mm. what are we going to talk about playing game not too eager to talk about what's going on in the east what i will highlight is this as of right now Milwaukee, the, the Knicks are snug in the fourth spot. It doesn't matter. They're snug in the fourth or fifth spot. No one's going to really overtake them, in my humble opinion, as they have a, a game and a half above of Boston and two games above Miami. I feel like they can, I feel like the Knicks and the Hawks can hold them off. And if they do, I feel like Brooklyn Knicks are going to hold on to the one. I feel like the one, two, and three will stay the way that they are right now. And if that is the case, if everything were to begin, we don't know how it's going to play out in the playing game. So I'm not even going to get into that. Let's go into the second round. Let's just assume that the Nets are going to beat the first round, whoever comes out as the eighth seed in the playing games. Brooklyn Nets are going to probably sweep them. All right. Now, who will the Brooklyn Nets play second? They will play the winner of New York Knicks and Atlanta Hawks. 
I feel like the Knicks will beat Atlanta in a seven-game series because they are the superior defensive team. The playoffs are made for defensive teams. Even though the Brooklyn Nets are not that great defensively, their offensive power is probably the best of all times. So if you're the best offense of all times, you can kind of make it up for having a subpar defense. So mind that. The Nets versus the Knicks, <laughs> that is TV gold. Second round, Brooklyn Nets versus the New York Knicks will be must-see TV. I am here for all of it. I'm calling off work. It don't matter. I'll make the money back. I own my own company. Moving on to the West Coast. As it is right now, one through three is up for up for grabs. And I really, really wanted the Lakers to fall to the sixth spot. So that way they can possibly play the Clippers in the first round and completely nullify this whole uh, uh, rivalry that has never really been. <laughs> but as of right now, the playoffs ended today. Oh, I'm sorry. The season ended today and the playoff began today. The Jazz be one, Suns two, three, yada, yada, yada. Now, the Jazz will most likely beat. Well, that's another thing. Because the Jazz don't have, um, if the Jazz do not have Spider Mitchell, could go to state, play their way into the eighth spot, and give the Jazz a lot of problems? Could the Memphis Grizzlies give the Jazz a lot of problems? Can the San Antonio Spurs give the Jazz a lot of problems? I think so. I think it's a matchup nightmare. I wish Wiseman was still playing, because I'll, I'll feel very confident of an 8-1 eight, eight, upset but the jazz are most likely going to win a seven game series now the more important thing not talking about phoenix going against whomever if the clippers move up that's fine now what i like the most about all of this because in the second round the clippers and the, and the, and the clippers and the suns have to play each other that's going to be a tough series that's must watch television what i what i'm looking forward to is denver lakers and that is the Western Conference rematch. That's what's going to happen. Fourth and fifth to me are locked. Either they switch. Actually, they're not going to switch. It's going to be fourth and fifth with Denver with the home court advantage. Lakers will beat them, especially with a healthy LeBron, AD. Their Lakers are just too big. And they're going to bully ball on Jokic. Jokic may be the MVP, and that's going to piss off LeBron James. Now, with that all happening, whoever wins that series, which will be the Lakers, will face a hobbled Utah, as we just see Utah losing to teams like Sacramento, for God's sakes. What's happening? The Lakers will beat Utah. This is actually the best perfect scenario for the Lakers to play the Nuggets and the Jazz, who are, to me, the, the, the biggest marks right now in the West to lose outside of the Portland Trailblazers, even though Nurkic is back. I feel like Utah, you can't make it any better for them to play the, the Nuggets who do not have Jamal Murray and to play the Jazz in the second round who do not have Spider Mitchell. It's perfect. And we don't know if the Clippers will beat the Suns. I will say that the Clippers will beat the Suns in the second round and we'll finally see the Lakers versus Clippers. I will feel that way. I feel like the Clippers are the only team that could truly beat my Lakers. I feel like they are the only team in the league. I don't feel confident about the Nets. I don't feel that confident about the 76ers. Maybe Milwaukee? We'll have to see. The Sixers at first, to me, were the most dangerous team, but I feel like the Clippers are just that complete, even though, see, that's the problem. As I say this, just last night, Pandemic P put up only nine points. This man had more turnovers than field goals made. How? How can you pay like an MVP candidate one moment and then pay like complete trash the next moment? You play like a 12th 12, 12 string player. It's ridiculous. 
So because of stuff like that, and then Kawhi didn't play, so even though he'll play in the playoffs, you cannot afford for Paul George to play that way. But I feel like the addition of Rondo, Ibaka comes back even serviceably healthy. And all those guards, I think um, Rittenauer, these guys will be, well, actually, you know what? The Lakers' defense is too good against those players. So it's really going to come down to Rondo. Between Rondo, Boogie Cousins, who they have great chemistry, cool, healthy Kawhi, and Paul. If Paul, this is the thing. If Paul George plays like playoff P, like he's been saying all these years, Clippers should win the championship. If everything's hitting on cylinders with Boogie Cousins, Rondo, Pat Bev, Kawhi, Ibaka, don't forget Batum. These guys are loaded. Zubac is serviceable. Zubac against the Nets will give them problems. I'm telling you, Clippers are live. Clippers are the only team that can upset the Lakers. They are the only team, at least in the West. The Nets, maybe Philly, Milwaukee, we'll see. And going back to the East, I feel like I feel strong, more strongly than ever that Milwaukee has a strong chance of actually winning the East. I feel like the Brooklyn Nets are the Clippers of last year. That's how I strongly feel. I feel like the Brooklyn Nets are the Clippers of last year. They didn't play a lot of games together. They were touted of all this offensive power. And I feel like this isn't the year. I feel like next season is a year with the healthy Golden State. That might be great to see as the Lakers are fading. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second. With the Lakers fading, with LeBron getting um, older, I feel like Schroeder may not re-sign. And if Schroeder, I think they're all playing the waiting game. I feel like Phoenix is going to go as far as they can. They're going to get to the uh, semifinals and lose to the Clippers. And that's going to be enough for Chris Paul, even though he has about 42 to 43 million and it's his player option. Why would he not opt in? It's free money. He will have one of the biggest contracts in the in the, in the season, um, in, in the league. Why did he not opt in by now? Because he's weighing his options. He's waiting to see what the Lakers do. If, they, if Schroeder does not take the next offer they give him, look to see Chris Paul not opt in and sign with the Lakers. You heard it here. He'll sign with the Lakers in the offseason, especially if they win the championship. Actually, you know what? Especially if they don't win the championship. So he doesn't like he's carrying on. He's like, oh, they need me. Because as you can see, he's a floor general. And LeBron's never played with one before. As LeBron is getting older, that's exactly who he needs to play with. Two old men, but they complement each other just great with AD. And you'll still have Drummond. <laughs> Lord have mercy. You heard it here first. Now, let's get into my top picks for next week in week 19. Let's go. Tuesday, tonight, Dallas versus Golden State. Golden State at home. Golden State's making that push. I got Golden State winning that game. Wednesday, the Lakers versus D.C. It's going to be a great game with Westbrook trying to make it in. I got the Lakers winning that game. Only game. Thursday, 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 Golden State versus Minnesota. That's going to be a great game as you have players returning back. You know, D'Angelo Russell's back healthy, and you have Wiggins playing pretty well. I want to see how that pans out, but I have Golden State beating Minnesota at home. Now, Friday, big game, big game. Oh, I forgot. You know what? Let's rewind. Wednesday, game nine. We still have the Lakers. We have the Clippers, I'm sorry, versus Phoenix. I got Phoenix winning that game. Next, Atlanta versus Philly. I got Philly winning that game. Next, Boston versus Charlotte. I got Charlotte winning that game at home. Next, Portland versus Memphis. I said this is a big, big series. This is a big rivalry in the brewing. I got Portland winning this time. Who knows next time? Next, New Orleans versus Denver. Denver at home, mile high. New Orleans are still balling right now. They still have a lot to prove. They really don't have much to play for, but they're still trying. New Orleans, I picked them to win that game. Now, ready to Thursday. Let's go to Friday. Atlanta versus Philly. I got Philly winning that game, y'all. Portland versus BK. I ain't stupid. I got BK winning that game. Utah versus Phoenix. Big game. Huge game. A lot of playoff implications and a lot of seeding purposes right there. 
And no one, I think no one wants that first seed now trying to avoid the Lakers in the second round. Look out for that. Utah versus Phoenix. I got Phoenix winning that game. Now, Saturday, Denver versus the Clippers. I got Denver beating Clippers on the road. I do. Next, DC versus Dallas. I got Luka putting on that work on Westbrook. That's I don't think they can stop Luka. I don't think DC's good enough to stop Luka Doncic. Now, Sunday, Toronto versus the Lakers. I have this game as LeBron's game return. LeBron's returning against Toronto as they're going to have a back-to-back -back the next day on Monday. We'll get to that in a little bit. I got the Lakers winning that game as LeBron James should come back at that game. Next, Brooklyn versus Milwaukee. Milwaukee's going to show you something. They're going to show you why they should be the favorites in the East. Milwaukee's going to win that game. Next, Portland versus Boston. I got Portland beating Boston on the road. Now, finally, Monday, another big game night. I got Monday, Denver versus the Lakers. This is a back-to-back, -back, but they got LeBron James back. They're going to have a lot of players playing. I got Lakers winning that game, as that is huge playoff implications and showing you who's really the dominant team. Next, go to State versus New Orleans. I got New Orleans winning that game. And next, Portland versus Atlanta. I got Atlanta at home beating Portland. Finally, we have the New York Knicks versus the Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant going to show up and show out. Watch that game. I got Memphis winning that game. That's it for this week, guys. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to The Time Is Now. We do not own the rights to this music. Charmaine Champagne. And this is your cranked out radio station. So you got to be listening to the chronic. The sound from the brother side of the deck. Something real. So let me put this Hope you're picking them up to find a job. Yeah, we're going to work so we can grow up and be just like you. Hey, y'all, y'all going to the picnic today? Yeah, thought you knew. Hmm. Hey, Snoop! One, two, three, and to the phone. Snoop Doggy Dogg and Dr. Dre is at the dope. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Before I have to pull the strap off the cut. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Lone Beach together, now you know you in trouble. Cause ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Too low, out G, so we crazy. Death Row is the label that pays, man. Unfatable, so please don't try to fake this. But uh, back to the lecture at hand. Perfection is perfected, so I'ma let them understand. From a young G's perspective And before me dig out a trick I have to find a contraceptive You never know she could be earning her man And learning her man And at the same time burning her man Now when she burning I'ma chill for a minute Cause ain't no loving good enough to get burned while I'm offended yeah. And that's relevant, real deal, holy feel And now you hookers and hoes know how I feel Well if it's good enough to get broke off a proper chunk I take a small piece of some of that funky stuff It's like this and like that and like this and uh, It's like that and like this and like that it's like this and like that and like this and a Drake creep to the mic like a fan. Well, I'm peeping and I'm creeping and I'm creeping. But I damn near got kept, cause my people kept beeping. Now it's time for me to make my impression felt. So sit back, relax, and strap on your seat. Dutch, you've never been on a ride like this before. 
With a producer who can rap and control the maestro At the same time with the dope rhyme that I kick You know and I know I throw some more funky shit To add to my collection The selection symbolizes dope Take a toast but don't choke If you do, you have no clue Of what me and my homie Snoop Dogg came to do It's like this and like that and like this and uh It's like that and like this and like that and uh It's like this and we ain't got no love for those So just chill to the next episode What a hell of a gangster lane Getting funky on the mic like an old batch of collard greens It's the capital S-O-S oppression Double O-P D-O-double-G-Y-D-O-double-G You see? Showing much flex when it's time to wreck a mic Pimping hoes and clacking a grip like my name was Dolomite Yeah, and it don't quit I think they in the mood for another one of those G-Hits So Dre, what up, dog? We gotta give them what they want What's that, G? We gotta break them off something Hell yeah And it's gotta be bumping City of Compton It's what takes place so a gnash your attention Mobbing with the dog crown Bow, wow, wow Dropping the funky tracks is making the suckers just mumble When I'm on the mic, it's like a cookie, they all crumble Try to get close and you're bound to get smacked My little homie Snoop Doggy Dog has got my back Never let me slip, cause if I slip, then I'm slipping But if I got my Nina, then you know I'm straight tripping And I'ma continue to put the rap down, put the Mac down And if your woman wanna trip, I have to put the smack down Yeah, and you don't stop I told you I'm just like a clock when I tick and I talk But I'm never off, always on till the break of dawn See you when you win in the city they call Long Beach Putting the straight together like my homie D.O.C. No one can do it better like this, that, and this, and uh It's like that, and like this, and like that, and uh It's like this, and we ain't got no love for those So just chill till the next episode That was nothing but a G-Thang, or just short for short, G-Thang, by Snoop Dogg featuring Dr. Dre. Iconic album. Had to play it this week. Been holding it for a while, just like, you know, I'm just going to play it this week. Love my cuts. Hopefully you guys love them too. This week, there's always so much to talk about. And as much as I want to do like my little TED Talks, as people like to call them, where something inspiring and uh, something to motivate you to get you through the week or something that can just give you some enlightenment towards anything in life those are things i like to talk about but there's always something that seems to get my goat when i'm on social media or just a media abroad the things that's being filtered my way and the things i'm having access to seeing like not too long ago i was online and I posted something about Brett Favre's remarks and saying he doesn't believe that Chauvin intentionally killed George Floyd. <laughs> and as we all know, that's utter bullshit. That's not the point here. The point is that there are so many people. See, this is my thing. When I see one 
Caucasian male or anyone for that matter, but it's usually a Caucasian male, poke their heads out the hole and go ride hard for those things that their media tells them, misinforms them, uh, and, and starts quoting all this rhetoric that's just not true, I believe they represent at least a thousand. Simple, sim similar to ants. You have that scout ant, and if you see that scout ant, you better kill it because it represents thousands, goes back to its hole and brings the rest of them with it, AKA the Proud Boys. But my point is, people are online saying different things saying how George Floyd should be accountable, how, you know, he brought it on himself or he had drugs in his system, trying to find different ways to try to justify what Chauvin did. When if you just watch the freaking tape, there's no justification whatsoever. And then it's so symbolic because when you see what Chauvin did, and the action of actually kneeling on George Floyd's neck in a similar position of what Kaepernick did so many years ago on the sidelines in the NFL. Kneeling for a flag that represents exactly what the police have been doing to black and brown people since the beginning of this nation. And so many people who got a chance to witness that lynching is what I call it. Their eyes were open to understand why Kaepernick was doing what he was doing because he was raising uh, awareness, trying to bring people to understand. They're like, wait, why is he doing this? Wait, he's disrespecting the flag. Why is she? I would not stand for this. And I spoke before what disrespecting the flag actually really is. When you look at the flag code, and and how you wear it for paraphernalia and things of that nature and you and you and you lay it across a field that's all actually disrespecting the flag taking a knee is actually showing the utmost respect because that's the my check you take a knee when you're when you're proposing to your bride traditionally you take a knee for a fallen soldier traditionally so when kaepernick was taking a knee he was taking a knee for all the fo fallen soldiers if you will the the black men and women of this nation who've been gunned down by the police and not just gunned down but gunned down and getting away with it committing murder and then getting a paid vacation for it and in jacob blake's case no he didn't murder him but he paralyzed him for life and my man gets to go back to work he's on the force right now that people want to debate about the young lady, Miss um, Bryant, 15-year-old young lady, 15, 16-year-old young lady over there in Columbus, Ohio, trying to justify why she should have been killed and gunned down four shots to the chest. When, if that was your daughter, remember I said, imagine if the little girl was white. If that was your child, then how would you feel? Oh, you don't remember that excerpt. Oh, let me refresh your memory on what I'm talking about on that excerpt. Imagine if she was white. I want to tell you a story. I'm going to ask you all to close your eyes. I'll tell you this story. I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to yourselves. 
This is a story about a little girl walking home from the grocery store one sunny afternoon. I want you to picture this little girl. Suddenly a truck races up. Two men jump out and grab her. They drag her into a nearby field. And they tie her up. And they rip her clothes from her body. Now they climb on. First one, then the other. Raping her. Shattering everything innocent and pure. Vicious thrust. In a fog of drunken breath and sweat. When they're done, after they've killed her tiny womb, murdered any chance for her to bear children, to have life beyond her own, they decide to use it for target practice. So they start throwing full beer cans at her. They throw them so hard tears the flesh all the way to her bones. And they urinate on her. Now comes the hanging. They have a rope. They tie a noose. Imagine the noose coiling tied around her neck sudden blinding jerk. She's pulled into the air and her feet and legs go kicking and they, they don't find the ground. The hanging branch isn't strong enough. It snaps and she falls back to the earth. So they pick her up, throw her in the back of the truck, drive out to Foggy Creek Bridge, pitch her over the edge. And she drops some 30 feet down to the creek bottom below. Can you see her? Her raped, beaten, Broken body, soaked in their urine, soaked in their semen, soaked in her blood, left to die. Can you see her? I want you to picture that little girl. Now imagine she's white.
that was from A Time to Kill, where Matthew McConaughey was the defense attorney against the state. And an iconic movie. He was trying to get off Sam Jackson's character. And it was just an iconic movie. And it helped you to understand. And, and it's sad that it had to be the way for where you can't understand the plight or the 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 steps, the road traveled by a black and brown person until you imagine that that person is white. And you say, I don't see color. Yes, you do. We all do. My hair doesn't look like yours, nor does my eyes look like yours, my voice doesn't sound like yours. My nose is bigger, my lips are fuller, my skin's darker, barely can see me at night. If you turn off the lights, you won't see me. I got a smile for you to see me. <laughs> this is the thing. And you have so many people trying to silence those who speak up. They want to silence those who are trying to bring awareness. They tell the NBA players, shut up and dribble. Just shut up and dribble. Look at here, Jigaboo, you're here just to entertain us. We don't care about your political views. But is it a political view? My life is not a political statement. Saying that my life matters is just letting you know that it matters as well. Because of the fact that you want to sit there and believe by killing us at a disproportionate rate and no convictions happening or a slap of the wrist you're telling me that my life simply doesn't matter. So when I say Black Lives Matter, it's not a political statement. I don't give a damn if they are part of the de Democratic Party. I am part of no party. What it means is, is that you need to value my life as if they value yours. Because your life is not more valuable than mine. Your daughter's life is not more valuable than my baby girl's. I'll put that on anything. My daughter is the world to me. And if you kill her, killing all of you. Yes, I know, I'm putting that on wax. Shut up and dribble. When it comes to talking about civil rights, just shut up, keep your head down and keep on working, nigga. Go work in the fields, nigga. Go dribble the ball, nigga. Go run with that ball, nigga. Go sing a song for me, nigga. My nigga, my nigga. Won't you be my nigga? That's all they want from you, is just to shut up and entertain me. Just to shut up and service me. I'm gonna bring it home to where you can understand me a little bit better. The women, my white women, who having a hard time maybe to understand what we're talking about, where the white lady on television who uh, coined the phrase shut up and dribble to LeBron James, they did the same thing to you. Did you forget about the Me Too movement? Just shut up. They all do it. You got to do what you got to do to get ahead. Just shut up. Let me touch on you. Just shut up. Let me feel on you. Just shut up. Let me rape you and keep your mouth closed. No one's going to believe you anyway. Because they don't see things from your point of view. Not too long, but they don't value your time at the position that you're in. Where at that station, you have to wear your hair a certain way and have your skirt hiked up. You have to be eye candy just to get promoted. They wanted you just to shut up and take it. 
as the white majority male will have it, just shut up, put your head down and take this abuse and you'll like it. Don't stir it up. We like it this way. We like to take advantage of our white women and, and rape them and not give them the legal right to vote to a hundred years after us. We like to put them below us. We like to go ahead and say that the black and browns are just laborers and just entertainers for us. We like it that way. We like to keep them divided. We like to keep the, 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 the police force and those who are the blue collar workers and have them believe that the black and brown people are here taking their jobs and their opportunities so we can keep them fighting amongst each other while we sit here at the top of the hill, back high off the hog. We like to keep that that way. Divide and conquer has been working for so many years and you haven't figured it out yet. This is America. This is the world we live in. When are you going to wake up? Like the movie Bugs Life, when the ants realize that they are the many, when they are and their numbers are greater than that of the grasshopper. If you haven't seen it, go take a look. The grasshoppers knew they didn't have the power, but they knew they could intimidate them by their size. That's what's happening now. Understand that we are actually all in this together. My white brothers and sisters, those are at the poverty levels of blue collar workers, my white women, those of you who've been taken advantage of and been told lies to and told you to keep your head down while they go ahead and rape you, in my black and brown community, what we've been through since the beginning of this nation, how the natives have been treated, all been carried out by the same group of people, that 1% at the top of the mountain. It's time to climb that mountain and take what's rightfully ours. Until next time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it this week. Thank you guys all for listening and rocking with me for another week. We're about a year into this thing, and I really appreciate all my faithful listeners. Remember to like, share, subscribe. If any comments, any remarks you want to leave on the show, click the link and go ahead and do so. Be more than happy to hear all my faithful fans to interact with me over these next coming weeks so appreciate all my faithful listeners now it's time for our final word babylon must fall because of israel slain just as the slain and all the earth have fallen because of babylon you who have escaped the sword leave and do not linger remember the lord is in a distant land and call to jerusalem we are disgraced for we have been insulted and shame covers our faces because foreigners have entered the holy place of the Lord's house. But days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will punish her idols and throughout her land, the wounded will groan. Even if Babylon ascends to the heavens and fortifies her lofty stronghold, I will send destroyers against her, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 51, 49 through 53. Remember to spread love, share love, embrace love for god is love until next time peace